If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Like, like not remembering to buy a holding midfielder isn't an example of overthinking it. That's like underthinking. Yeah, silly, silly result. I mean, it's not Pip's fault that he had to resort to the tactics book of Neil Warnock with the long throws at the end. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter, as always, Brad. For the final time this year, you are listening to us to talk about football, and I don't mean this year, I mean this season, of course, because we'll be back when the new season comes in late August. <laughs> I love that we literally just spent five seconds before the intro <laughs> just saying, it's this season, it's not this year, is it? Yeah, I know. But because I started talking about the weather before we started recording, my mind just went straight over to that. But yeah. Uh, too distracted being. Oh, I've got his name. The guy who does it. Well, he did it as well, but I wasn't going for the more Midlands bloke on our TV. got his name. I don't care. <laughs> yes. And anyway, we've had uh, three big finals that have happened over this past weekend in uh, football, and there's only one place to start. And that is, of course, over in Portugal, where Manchester City took on Chelsea for the Champions League final. And we actually had fans at the game as well. Uh, there was, how many fans was there again? About 12,000 or so? I want to say that. I think it, what it was was 6,000 each, but I don't think Chelsea sold that out. Yeah, all so the stuff what, that came out before. Yeah, so what I can see says 14,110. Um, before we get into the game itself, Pep Guardiola's lineup in this. It rang many question bells, and especially after the game as well. It's just when I saw that, I was thinking, "This Chelsea aren't winning this. Uh, Man City aren't winning this." It was an unusual one. Like I took the first glance, and I didn't particularly understand too much at first. I thought it was a bit unusual that he didn't hold it midfield, but I didn't think it was going to be that drastic. Mm. But the reaction told me there's about as much as I needed in it. Yeah, I mean, for those that didn't uh, miss the lineup, were Edison's in goal, so that's normal. Zinchenko, Diaz, Stones, and Walker as the back four. Again, that's normal. What they've done the majority of this season. Midfield three of Phil Foden, Dolkai Gundogan, and Bernardo Silva, and then a forward three of Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, and Riyad Mahrez. Now we spoke yeah, about it, it on the previous show. It's, it's, in no way, shape, or form is that a bad team. Yeah. Let's just put that, it's not a bad, it's a team that you would still bet on getting very far in a composition like the Champions League. Oh, 100%. And we spoke about it on the preview show uh, last week as to what would Pep's possible lineup be. And tr- like we said, trying to think of in the mind of Guardiola, it's really hard to do. And I just don't think many people were expecting De Bruyne to be in that advanced position on his own as technically the false nine. 
uh, we we both said we expected uh, Gabby Jesus to start, and he did come on for De Bruyne in the second half. But yeah, it was a really strange uh, lineup from Guardiola. And then Chelsea, on the other hand, we spoke about whether it'd be Havertz or Pulisic in the starting eleven. Uh, Tuchel went with Kai Havertz instead, and it paid off. Obviously, uh, Havertz scoring the only goal of the game. Nice uh, build-up play, but I think Edison probably could have stayed back a little bit or came like a few oh, seconds later. But Edison's not the main one to blame, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I'm not blaming Zichenko him for it, but... sort of left him. Yeah, the defence was like, really poor. Yeah, it's always that why are Stones and Diaz so far away from the other defenders? Yeah, I mean, that's been... The problem in the past for City is the central defenders, especially under this style of play with how Guardiola does, is they can drop too far forward uh, rather than help out the fullbacks, and that's where the mistakes can happen and creep in in uh, City's defence at times. And it was obviously case in point at the weekend. Um, good finish though by Havertz. I mean, he still had a lot to do. Obviously, once he got past Diaz, he had to get past. Uh, Edison in goal and still managed to score as well. So he did, but he wasn't actually the main talking point. And that, of course, was the majestic show that N'Golo Kante put on. God, that guy. That guy. He just ran that whole midfield. This was prime Kante, just at his absolute best. This was the game that. where he just proved he deserves to be remembered as one of the best midfielders, quite frankly, ever. Yeah. And I know I've said it before, he does the Makalele role of early Chelsea years, and it's only now, later on, post Makalele, that people are actually slowly appreciating what he did because they didn't do it at the time. And I think Kante isn't going to fall that deep into uh, the underappreciation. I think this game solidified people's appreciation for how great of a player he's because he absolutely ran that show. Yeah, it's funny what he does. He just takes the moments. He always just sees, he just seems to know where the ball's going to go. Yeah. And just yeah, as an opposition player coming up against him, I bet that's just hard to deal with. Oh, it is. Because there's, there's no amount of training or video watching that you can do during the week to know what you're going to do to be able to stop him because he will just get there even if you get past him he has the speed and agility to get to the pass and intercept it or get a tackling on you if you try and dribble past him he's just everywhere and that is the perfect uh, central defensive midfielder as to what you need well, yeah just if I had one last thing on Carl Havertz because there's no way you're not going to have me talking about that post match yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely um, brilliant. For the £70 million pound plus fee alone, that post match you do is worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was thing ever, I too, in that moment, I'm going to tell that journalist, I could not give a fuck what you are trying to say on it. I've just won yeah. the fucking Champions League of my career is complete. Yeah. I haven't paid it. The club did. I don't give two fucks whether they spent. 1p was 700 million on me. I've just won them the Champions League. And then there was um, another interview you may not have seen um, from earlier on in this season. Uh, I think it was an Italian journalist with uh, Jorginho, and they made a bet 
that said, if Chelsea win the Champions League, that they'll both shave their beards. And then obviously afterwards, the journalist pulled out a razor whilst he did his interview and they both uh, shaved off their beards. So that was absolutely uh, class to see. Um, Is it another... That's the first time I heard that. <laughs> so that avoided me all weekend. Yeah. Another uh, outstanding performance as well, it has to go to Reese James at the best yeah. for Chelsea because, wow. What a game he had as well. Well, it was funny he wasn't playing completely way down after he had Raheem Sterling in his pocket all game. So. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, we could go on Reece James, but he proved exactly why he's probably England's best right back. Yeah. I mean, if that game alone doesn't solidify his starting uh, position against Croatia next week or week after, um, I don't know it's, what needs to but speaking of England's places, if Raheem Sterling is anywhere fucking near it after that play, yeah, I just so many times he's just ran to it and not even like bothered looking who's around him. Mm. For me, I wouldn't start him. We're very not just in, in the space alone, of a week. Just... We have seen uh, almost two wingers that we're probably going to be starting with the Euros have shocking performances. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. Quite it's frightening. Yeah. But, but we all know they shouldn't be starting. Well, yeah, but we know what Gareth Southgate is like. He'll start them anyway. Uh, yeah, but I mean, even that back, I know he wasn't technically a part of the defensive defensive line because he was a part of playing a wing back, but the whole uh, defence of Chelsea played really well that game as well. I mean, Rudiger, Thiago Silva. Christensen, played. when he came on, was just as good. Yeah, like, I mean, that was it was one of their most resolute defending performances yet. Yeah, they just didn't like they didn't look like they were going to get a bit broken down. Yeah, they just knew what they expected. Everything there's like a chess player knowing exactly what you're going to do the next move, and like they're already like three four steps ahead of you. And it was such a credit to Thomas Tuchel for getting his tactics absolutely spot on in this game, and. Absolutely incredible season for them. Um, yeah, I think I saw. It's hard to put some respect on Tommy Tuchel's name. Yeah, I think. absolutely incredible. But should we get to the other talking book? Because Pep's got to take the blame on some of this, hasn't he? Before we get onto that, I just want to give Chelsea and Edouard Mendy a massive shout out here. Throughout that whole competition, Chelsea conceded four goals in. The 12 or so games they played, 12, 13 games they played, they conceded four goals, which is incredible. Pretty mental. And also quite an amazing story of Eduard Mendy as well. He was unemployed at 22. Yeah. So after he got released from a club, four years later, he was in the Champions League form. Yeah. And he's won it. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> and as spoken into forever why, when we did our player grading, uh, that came out um, today. Why he was Chelsea's one of Chelsea's best signings because he just looks like absolute pennies now for what they've paid for him. He's just been so good at their back for Chelsea. Yeah. Now do we have yes. to go for Guardiola? Yeah, Pep Guardiola. I mean, we spoke about the starting lineup and how weird that was from him. But De Bruyne, before he went off getting injured in the 60th minute, didn't really have the best of games, did he? No, 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 I'm dead. Mm. Well, it was one of the usual 
poor Champions League performances that we've seen over the years. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they, they just run out of ideas. Yeah, it's strange to me that not many people are questioning and, or putting the arguments. So like, yes, this Chelsea team was good, but Man City were really poor in this game as well. And they don't. no one seems to be holding the players to count there. They just seem to be able to get away with it, which is quite strange. I mean, it's just so bad of a performance from them. It wasn't a case of him overthinking it like that like has been going around, is it? Like, like not remembering by a holding midfielder isn't an example of overthinking it. That's like underthinking. Yeah, silly, silly result. I mean, it's not Pep's fault that he had to resort to the tactics book of Neil Warnock with the long throws at the end. Yeah, of it, so. <laughs> but I mean, again, that's another season Pep Guardiola has gone without winning the Champions League, spending however much he does spend. That was his first European final, last. Is that his first one since leaving Barca? Yeah, well, he never. Yeah, because he didn't get to a European final with... Uh, this was his first European final since 2011. Yeah, when, they, when they beat Manchester United in Wembley. Was that his yeah. last one? Yeah, which is pretty mental. Like, 10 years of a Champions League final. Considering the class of players and the amount he's spent on signings is ridiculous um it was just weird watching us because they'd get forward every time because chelsea was so spiced in and just well, closed everything off you could just see man city players just all in a straight line at one point yeah <laughs> so it's just like, well you can't even pass it back because they're all in line for each other <laughs> it's just one long game of from one touchline to the other touchline, it was quite strange to see. Not a, not a boring game, though. No. It was like the Europa League final away. It's like the scoreline would suggest it's boring, but it isn't. Mm, it's a very it's good game in one. the end. Yeah. Um, obviously, now Chelsea become two time winners repeating after what they did back in 2012. So they will face the way for Super Cup later on this year, uh, round about. Mid September to early October, I think it should be. Well, uh, if, there's any, if there's anything we can go about this, like it's actually so Chelsea beat Man City, mm-hmm. the champions of England, but who beat Chelsea the week before? Aston Villa. So by default, that makes us the best team in Europe. No, we beat the champions of Europe. Um, shut up. <laughs> because if we're going down that road that makes uh, whoever the last team to beat you was better than you lot yeah we're a big and, <laughs> and that was Crystal Palace so we're not going to go oh, down God, that road oh, Roy Hodgson is the greatest manager of all time <laughs> uh, I knew going to go down that road if there is one last thing I'd add to Man City fans it's they shouldn't be too upset like by this point they should be over it now and it's not going to be their last Champions League final no, I mean the last with Aguero, yes, but not their last one. I think as long as they keep performing as well as they have done over the last few years, they should be able to get back to the Champions League final within uh, the near future. And I think I saw a stat saying that this is the eighth time a first-time finalist has lost. Uh, obviously, Man City, Spurs, done it. Who else has got for a finalist? Because like, you're not going to find Aston Villa's name in that list. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, credit to Chelsea and Tuchel got the job done. And there's been there was a lot of speculation straight after the game that uh, he could be set for a contract extension. And uh, it, it all goes wrong. It all goes wrong when that happens. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it funny, like every time they've won a European trophy, they've sacked the manager halfway through the season. No, because Di Matteo didn't get the full season. I think he got sacked pretty much after. That's, they that's, won, the, that's the stat. Wow. They get sacked halfway through the season. That's incredible. Right, on to uh, one of the other finals that took place earlier on on the Saturday, and that is the championship final between Brentford and Swansea City at Wembley Stadium in front of 11,000 fans. And it was the Bees that won 2 0, thanks to. Ivan Tony scoring a penalty after 10 minutes and then 10 minutes later, Emiliano Marcondes scored a second. Um, this could easily have been about four or five in this game for Brentford, couldn't it? Yeah, Swansea weren't in this like, whatsoever. Yeah, they were, from minute one onwards, they just seemed to be all over the shop and looking to commit fouls. And like You can't even say win on their counter-attack because... The second goal for Brentford came on the counter-attack and they looked more fluid on it and they had the opportunities to yeah. counter it, Swansea. Well, Swansea managed that second goal terribly because yeah. like, if you see Emiliano runs from like the penalty area, mm. just completely unmarked. Yeah, it's no crazy. Yeah, um, And then things got worse for him in the second half when Jay Fulton was sent off for a straight red card. For a silly, silly foul. It's silly, but um, I felt for it because he clearly just accidentally stepped on his ankle. Yeah, but... Uh, oh, no, it's a foul. To... It's a definite foul. It's, it's a straight red all day long, but... Yeah. <laughs> the most unfortunate one. <laughs> yeah, he was on his ankle for a good two seconds. Must have <laughs> he fell over. He was like, oh, God, that could have been nasty. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting... Uh, to see how they get on in their first season in the Premier League. Obviously, you'd expect now the likes of even Tony to uh, stay at the club. Uh, his post match is very, he was probably the most confident I've ever sounded a like, completely new Premier League striker. No, I didn't. It was literally it was just like, yeah, I always knew I was going to be in the Premier League. I always mm. knew we were going to win this. So I was so confident of it. Well, credit to credit, where credit's due to have that amount of confidence. But yeah, Thomas Frank's side going to look good, I think. I don't think. Out of the three teams that came up, I don't think they'll struggle. I think they'll do quite well. I don't think they'll do as well as Leeds did this past season, but I think they should be all right. Yeah, I don't think this will be a Leeds-Wolves situation where they're just going to be amongst the top half of the table. Mm. I could see it being almost like a Brighton one. Yeah. I just wonder what their transfer business will be like. Do they go with the usual method of like seeing who's out there with their new recruitment, which you'd still trust them to get right. Oh, 100%, because it's proven them right over the past years or so, so you can't complain too much. But like you said, it will be interesting now they do have that more money to spend and uh, how they spend it is going to be very interesting going forward. Uh, and Swansea on the other hand... I mean, they're going to have a good season. Um, the three teams that came down from the Premier League, Fulham, Sheffield United and West Brom, maybe in and around the mix for the title of the next season. But then you've got to say Bournemouth again, 
if Barnsley continue having a good season like they did this past year, and then realistically, I think that may be the top four or five. And then after that, I think it could be anyone's grab for that last playoff place. And uh, you're not writing Luton and their chances. I'm just waiting on the business we do because obviously we signed uh, Fred Onyedima this past week, and then they've also let uh, some players go as well. So. It depends on what uh, business Nathan Jones and Co get done, but yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a very interesting championship next season, and uh, like I say, in, very interesting to see how Brentford get on for the first time in the Premier League. And there's one other team that have now joined the Championship mix, and that is of course Blackpool, who are back into the Championship for the first time in a good few years after they beat Lincoln City two-one. Lincoln did go ahead uh, through an Oliver Turton angle uh, in the opening minute of the game, which was absolutely crazy start to the game. That never happens in the yeah. part. <laughs> it's just a weird moment. Yeah, and then uh, Kenneth Dougal brace one in the first, one goal in the first half, and one in the second half uh, gave it, the Australian. Like, is that easy? Did his stats? No. That Kenny Dougal had only scored two goals for Blackpool before that game. Jesus. And then he went and scored two in, in that game. The, the biggest <laughs> game of their season. <laughs> Just a weird... They were told the players to step up, and yeah, that was it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't matter when you score, as long as you score it when it matters, you can't be complaining. Um, in the end, good win for uh, the Tangerines, and nice to see them back up in the championship. It feels like... I don't know whether this is just me, but I feel like they, they are a proper championship club. Yeah. In our generation, it, they've been like more or less around that level. Mm. But they're, they're usually seen as a lower lower team. Yeah. So this is still pretty special. And after everything they've been through with owners over the last entire decade, yeah. they deserve a, a happy moment. Yeah, definitely. Um Michael Appleton's side, on the other hand, again, I don't think they can be too disheartened. They had an incredible season. And again, next season, you think they're going to be one of the teams that are up there fighting the likes of Sunderland, Charlton, Portsmouth, as well as uh, some of the teams that got relegated from the Championship this season. League Uh, One just looks even more interesting. There are some big clubs down there. Absolutely. I mean, you got Bolton coming up from uh, League 2 as well and obviously Cambridge and Cheltenham Town as well. League so. 1 is looking like an old school Premier League. It really is and it's, it's one of them where expect a crazy story to be coming out every week of the season. Mm. It's going to be absolutely... Still, yeah. so we're still awaiting the other teams to join that league as well. Yes, as uh, Morecambe versus Newport County in time of recording kicks off in half an hour's time so uh, I'll be getting that. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a very interesting uh, game to watch and see who the final promotion team is going to be this season. Right, now there hasn't been a lot of other news, but uh, we'll still go around uh, the managerial stuff. So, Napoli have announced Simone Inzaghi as their new manager, replacing Gennaro Gattuso. Uh, no real surprise there. I mean, there was a lot of talk that he would go there. No, sorry, not Inzaghi. Inzaghi's set to go to Lazio. It's Spalletti that's gone to Napoli. Yeah. Luciano Spalletti. That's so I was like, Spalletti is the Napoli manager now. 
Inzaghi is the Inter manager now. Has that been confirmed, Inzaghi to Inter? Well, that, that was confirmed days ago. More ahead of you in European news for a change. There's really so much European news. I'm trying to keep ahead of it as to which is right and which isn't. Hmm. No, I didn't think it, no, Inter haven't confirmed any boss. I'm just going off of Don Fabrizio. So, blame him. Well, yeah, so I'll give you a quick update in terms of the managers. Uh, as you said, or as we said, Spalletti is the new Napoli manager. Uh, Inzaghi will become the new Inter Milan manager, but hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, Real Madrid, they haven't announced a new manager as of yet, though there was some talk about outgoing German manager Joachim Lowe going there, but he has uh, denied all the rumours and he will uh, not be joining them. Thomas Tuchel is set to be rewarded with a new contract at Chelsea. And has there been any of it? And the future of Ronald Koeman is obviously still up in the air. Uh, with Joanne Laporte coming out last week saying we'll discuss it over the next coming weeks. And Ronald Koeman's agency, uh, Vassam and Netherlands, came out with an interesting tweet to define Laporte. I don't know whether you've seen the quotes. Not the exact ones, but if you go over it again on my app. Yes. So they put so Laporta saying he'll discuss obviously the future of Kuman, as I just said, in the future in the coming weeks. And the agency which Ronald Kuman's are tied to said, Imagine, I I want to marry you, but I have doubts. Give me two weeks to find a better partner. If I can't find the right person, we'll get married anyway. The Barcelona manager situation. I have no idea. Absolutely <laughs> crazy there. And obviously, Max Allegri was uh, reconfirmed as the new uh, Juventus boss until 2025 as well, this past. So uh, now that's like week. going back to an old partner. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I believe that is all the managerial news, unless I've missed anything uh, in terms of the big European ones. We've got quite a cool fish. Can we we just go on transfers? Let's have a look at some of the rumours. Why not? Let's have a laugh. (laughs) So, obviously, uh, one transfer that has been confirmed was Liverpool confirming the signing of Ibrahima Kanate after they paid his release course from RB Leipzig. Uh, He's joining on a long-term contract, so let's see if he does well next season in Merseyside. Right, so I'll just read through you some of the gossip column on the BBC today. First one from the Daily Mail. Man City want to sign Jack Grealish and want to pay £100 million for him. So they're going to pay £100 million for Grealish and they're also going to pay £150 million for Kane. Yeah. Yeah, we're not buying the league, are we? I know. Uh, it's a win that this has all come out now. Man City have like got players who are not satisfied with their roles. Yeah, that was from the Athletic. I saw that earlier. I think it was Raheem Sterling was one of them. Uh, he's not dissatisfied with his role Mad City just don't want him anymore yeah <laughs> uh, Jesus is another which yeah, I that... could understand that one yeah and, and uh, Laporte, Laporte was the main one which yeah yeah again yeah I think with Diaz coming in last if you're behind John Stones good... you would be pissed yeah so there was talk over the weekend that uh, Man City would do a swap deal and cash so Gabby Jesus and cash for Harry Kane which seems like a really stuck option, would help both teams out. But who's getting the better end of the deal? I would say Man City. All day long. 
yeah, getting a proven goal scorer like Harry Kane into that squad is something that they need. Um, elsewhere, Chelsea apparently want to sign Lukaku to help uh, ease Inter Milan's financial concerns. Lukaku going for his fourth run at Chelsea then. I'm glad you're keeping count because I had lost count there. I'm predicting five. It's probably three. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Been, Man United have not made a move yet for Jadon Sancho this summer, but have obviously already agreed personal terms. Um, Tottenham are trying to sign Antonio Conte as their manager and former Juventus sporting director Fabio Paratici as their director of football. That's according to Sport Italia. Um, there's obviously talk about Granit Xhaka going over to Roma to work under incoming boss Jose Mourinho, though he says he's happy to stay at the London club as the moment. And uh, what else is there? Serge says he's set to depart from Tottenham this summer with PSG and AC Milan interested in the Ivorian. Um, yeah. I think I'm saying once the rumours of Mad City going for the buyback clause on Douglas Luiz. I don't see that being... One that would uh, go that's through. A, that's a bit of a talking point because I'd almost be tempted. What to allow him to go? Yeah. What was the buyback clause they have in his contract? The rumor was that it's like twenty-five mil. This season he's well lately second half he's very inconsistent. There's a player there. I just don't. I, I'd let him go because I feel that I have, have enough faith in us to replace him. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it as a neutral. It seems like it work in Villa's favour if they do allow him to go and then get in a replacement with the money that they get from him or elsewhere. So yeah. it's it's one I don't think I'd be too disheartened by. Yeah. And I you know, I put enough faith in our academy, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> Best academy in the country. <laughs> yeah, um, Bit of women's football. Uh, congratulations to Barcelona, who completed the treble this weekend as they uh, won the Copa del Rey, now beating uh, Levante 4-2. Wolfsburg beat Eintracht Frankfurt. So, Le- Levante put more of a fight than Chelsea did. Yes. Uh, Wolfsburg won the DFB Pokal uh, 1-0, thanks to a late, late goal in, uh, in, in extra time to win their 7th DFB Pokal and congratulations are also in order to AS Roma women who beat AC Milan in again on penalties I believe this time in the Coppa Italia final 3-1 so yeah one in the women's game last weekend and the top table clash between PSG and Lyon finished 0-0 so we're going to go down to the final day for the title, though it is advantage to Paris Saint-Germain and there's a bit possible injury concern in regards to the Team GB goalkeeper as Karen Barsley had to go off injured with a hamstring injury for OL Reign yesterday, though there is no word on her timescale of recovery, so there is potential that she will have to be replaced. Right, any more talking points from this week? Oh yes, another one that came out I remember seeing early on today. The Copper America. So that's meant to start in oh, just under two, two weeks' time. And the, about two weeks ago now, Colombia pulled out of it due to the amount of cases in uh, Colombia, meaning they were unable to host it. And today, being Monday, uh, the 31st of May, Argentina now also pulled out again due to the high COVID cases in Argentina. So we've just under two weeks to go. 
the Cup of America has got nowhere to be hosted as of now, which is incredible. Just a bit, a bit of a shit show, really. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see it get postponed until later on in the year. Which will not be ideal for clubs, Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it would be just like what the African Cup of Nations used to do. When you lose but the that, players that, for that There's month. a lot more South American players in the Premier League. Oh, yeah, I'm not disputing that. I mean, the likes of Firmino, Gabriel Jesus, uh, just to name a couple, will go. So it could Maybe be a massive loss. Yeah, I've got his Argentinian as well. Fred. <laughs> You're cheering that one, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what does happen uh, in regards to the Copa America. Right, um, we'll have content all of next week out regarding uh, the Euro stuff. We'll obviously have another video out as well later on this week reacting to the final 26-man squad that England have decided to take to the Euros. Uh, we'll see if, how many out of the seven players that we guessed to get omitted are actually uh, omitted from the final 26. And yeah, I completely is... forgot that was tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I believe that is everything from across the world of football, unless we've missed anything. Yeah. Oh, what a season. Yeah. Really, literally, we started hot, like, wasn't halfway through. It was like just before the table mark. after it started. Mm. So, what a crook. Not, not an awful start. Yeah, I mean, what a crazy end to that season it was when we had the Super League stuff. That just capitulated the news for like a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, I'd almost <sighs> like there to be less drama, but then again, we need the content. Exactly. And over this next month or so, we'll have plenty of content as the Euros are coming upon us. Right. <laughs> Daily you... content. Oh, or at least I answer. <laughs> yes, and uh, that is something you can all look forward to uh, if you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. That is off the crossbar. So make, sure you have post notification. make sure you have post notifications turned on as well. Right, for the final time this season. We'll be back, mm-hmm. obviously, with the podcast later on this year for the 2021-22 season. But and... you you're talking about it, but you're actually getting, we'll, we're late. I don't know if we'll release these podcasts. With the Euro stuff, we'll definitely have a Euro 2020 preview. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Decisions we made, whether we put the actual tournament reviews in podcast form who knows they'll be on youtube anyway as we said yes and until later on this season enjoy your summer holidays whatever you're doing stay safe obviously make sure you're protecting yourself from the coronavirus and we will see you in a couple of months time for club football or if you're sticking with us for international football we'll see you in a few days time until then it's goodbye from me and goodbye from brad see ya we'll see you soon